Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you tonight. We just thank you for your grace upon this house. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing, O oh Lord, over this altar, over this pulpit. Thank you, Lord, for your word that is spoken in this house. Thank you, Father, for the word that you've spoken ahead of us this year. Thank you, Lord, O oh God, that before the year even begun, Lord, you've gone ahead of us, Father. We thank you. Holy God, we ask tonight that as we come before your presence, we say, Father, Lord, lead us, teach us, and instruct us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, as we've come to break bread in your presence, Lord, we say, Father, Lord, let no one who has come here tonight go back the same in the name of Jesus. But Holy God, feed us with something fresh, something new, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Why don't you put your hands together for God tonight? Don't worry. If you're surprised that I'm behind this pulpit, I'm surprised that I'm here too. So, you know, if I had my way, honestly, if I was told to come down now, I'll be the, be the first person to clap. You know, praise God. Hallelujah. But I believe that not, nothing is um, done by mistake in the kingdom of God. God doesn't make errors, doesn't make mistakes. There's a purpose for tonight's service. There's something God wants to say. And my prayer and my hope is that as we've come here to, to listen to God, God will speak to us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'd like to thank the senior pastor of our church, Pastor Paul, for this opportunity tonight. It's not like if he said no, I would not be very happy. But, you know, I thank our senior pastor. He's been a blessing to all of us here and to me particularly. You know, and I'm so glad that, I mean, he could trust me to speak to us this evening. I thank all the pastors in the house and all they've been, for all they've been doing and the word they've been giving us. We've been so blessed in this house. Come on, somebody. Can you just acknowledge? We've been so blessed since January. All the, the word has just been coming thick and fast and powerfully. And, you know, and God has just been instructing us and teaching us and directing us. You know, and I know that, you know, as the year gets to the middle and towards the end, it will only get better in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so last Wednesday we were here and Minister Toby was ministering and he was speaking about understanding the leading of God. Indeed, we know that the prophecy for the year has gone forth and the word that the senior pastor received from the Lord for us is that this year is the year that God is going to lead us himself. Amen. Amen. It's the Jehovah Rohi year. Yes. It's the year where God himself will lead us. Amen. And last Wednesday we were here and we're looking at all the various ways that God will lead us. And uh, Mr. Toby led valiantly and we spoke about how um, it's important to spend time with God and meditate on his word. How God leads us through his word by his spirit. And you know how even through this messengers, his servants, his pastors and his teachers in the house, how God sends his word to us through several people and that we, 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 we came to a conclusion that Wednesday that one of the keys to being led was by, by our willingness to be led. Amen? Amen. And then on Sunday, Pastor Etifia came and um, took us on the topic um, being led by the Holy Spirit. Who was blessed on Sunday? Who was here on Sunday? Who was really blessed? Amen. It was such an awesome service and it just simplified a whole lot of stuff for us and made it a bit clearer. And if you had any um, doubts or any areas of confusion, it brought more light to you. Amen. You know, so we have been going in this direction where we are studying how God is going to lead us this year. We are looking at the various ways God is going to lead us this year. And tonight we're not going to go do anything different from that. We are only going to try to go maybe a bit deeper from what we've been studying in the past two weeks. Amen. 
Now, God has been leading us in this house. We know that. God has spoken his word to us. And we know that as we continue to key into what God says, then we can fulfill our own destinies. Amen. Now, on Sunday, Pastor Etefia gave a very lovely analogy. And he painted the picture where the people, there was a couple in the Garden of Eden, right? And we saw how God fellowshiped with the people and how God was with the people. Amen. And when man sinned and man, the, the relationship between God and the people was broken and they had to, God separated them from him by sending them away from the Garden of Eden. Can we open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 2 and verses 8, first of all. Genesis 2, 8, 8 and 9 together, then 15 and 16 together. So Genesis 8 and um, Genesis 2 verse 8, it says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. Continue. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. May the Lord bless his word. Amen. So here is God. God has just created earth. God has prepared everything on earth. And then God creates man and puts man in the garden. And God puts man in the garden because he wants to have a relationship with man. He wants to fellowship with man. And in doing this, God prepares the best part of the, God, of, 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 of the earth called the Garden of Eden for man. And he places man in that best part. And God begins to have a relationship with man and God begins to commune with man and God begins to fellowship with man and like Pastor Tifa showed us on Sunday every cool of the evening the Lord will come down and he will walk around with man and talk about the things of the day and what man had done for the day what his goals were and what he had achieved for the day up until the point where man sinned this was practically a daily occurrence amen amen but God himself who set up who created earth who built and created the garden and who created man and put man in the garden now decided to put something in the garden called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now if God wanted man to be totally subservient to him and to just listen to him and just follow his lead, I don't think there'll be any point for God to put something in the garden and instruct man to say, do not touch of this and do not eat of this tree. Amen. We're going somewhere and the Lord will help us. So God creates the, the world, or earth, and puts man in a portion of it, the best part of it, called the Garden of Eden. And then while man is there, he says, do not touch this particular portion of the garden. And he put that thing that he said man should not touch in the midst of the garden. 
in the center of the garden where at every point in time man would always see it you know so if you wanted me not to touch this thing and you wanted me not to see this thing why not just put it far away or put it behind me or put it somewhere away from me or better still don't even put it there at all Abby, so that we can just know that it doesn't exist and God and I can have a relationship no yawa amen but you see God is not a, a, a computer or it's not a fossil God so what God did here in the garden was to give us something called a free will something called what a free will it's called the power of choice God did all of this and in the midst of the garden right there he puts the power of choice and says you choose to take or choose not to take he's told you that you know i've built this garden i've put you in here and your purpose is for you to just you know till this garden tend it take care of it and i always come down every evening to play with you to fellowship with you and let's just have a cool time together amen but right in that garden he also puts something in there and says don't touch this don't touch this why why would god do that this is a year we're saying is the year of Jehovah Rohi and God is going to lead us this year. So, are there aspects of 2020 that God is saying are exclusive to him? Are there things that are going to happen this year that God is saying that we must follow his will 100%? Are there portions of 2020 where God is saying that this year our own will must be set aside? Are there things we're going to walk into in 2020 and our will will probably take preeminence over God's will? Praise the Lord. So tonight, I want us to look at how God leads us. We're still going further in the leading of God. And tonight, we're looking at it this way. We're saying, being led by the will of God. Praise the Lord. Now, so there's a whole cosmic plan God had. And God had this plan from the beginning. And our own individual plans and goals must always fit within God's plans. Amen? There is nothing we're going to do, nothing we're going to plan for that must not fit into God's own original plan. So, this is the year 2020. I'm sure we all came into this year excited. We all have goals. We all have targets. And we all have things we want to do this year. We have things we want to achieve this year. We all have plans for the year 2020. And some of us are saying that before December, I'll have done A, B, C, D, E. Some of us are saying before June, I'll have done A, B, C. And we have plans and goals for this new year. You know, And we're saying this year is the year which will be led by God. But the question is, how much of our own plans is God going to lead us with? And how much does our own plans for our life, how much does it fit into God's general plan? Because God has a general plan. God has a general plan for 2020. It's, your, it's in your own interest to make sure that whatever you're doing this year, whatever you're plotting this year, whatever you're thinking this year, and however you're arranging 2020, that your own plans fit into God's plan for the year. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, as the Lord, you know, rolls out 2020, he already knows how 2020 would be. He's the Alpha, he's the Omega. He's the beginning, he's the end. He's also everything in between. So, he knows how it's going to play out. But we also come and say, okay, fine, we have our own plans. We have how we want 2020 to go. We have things we're thinking in our head. You know, we have ways we are expecting the year to go. So how does our plan fit into God's plan for the general year? 
Amen. So that's the question we have to ask tonight. As we come into a new year like this, how will our plans for our lives, our goals, our expectations, our targets, how do we ensure that we are walking in the will of God for 2020 for our, for our lives? Praise the Lord. Because God has a plan already. And then in the midst of his plan, he says, don't do A, don't do B, don't do C. So God has his will for every year. God has his will for man in every season. God has his will for you even in this January. There's some things that you cannot do. There's some things that you must not do. There's some plans that you can make and some plans that you cannot make. But the question is, so if you are being led by God this year, 2020, if you are being led by God in this new season of life, this January, if God indeed will be your Jehovah Roi this year, how do you know what things to do and what, not, what things not to do? How do you know what his will for you is in January? How do you know that he wants you to do ABC and not DEF? Praise the Lord. So we're going to ask questions tonight. It's an interactive service. We are going to find out how do how does our own personal goals and personal plans for a new year, how do they fit into God's plans for 2020? So we'll, I'd like people to you know, participate, ask questions. We're, going, we're looking at our own plans and our own goals against God's plans and God's will for our lives. And how do we ensure that our goals, our plans, fit into what the Lord would have us do this year? Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. I'm hoping that people have questions tonight. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, says the Lord. Before you were born, I sanctified you and I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. So God already knows us. God knows who he has created. Before God called you to be alive in 2020, there was a purpose for you in 2020. Before God, I mean, there's so many people that were, that, that were born when you were born, but they're not here today. There are so many people that started 2019 with us, but they're not here today. So for you to be here in 2020, there was a purpose for you being here. And that purpose is God's divine purpose. Now, you have your own purpose for being in January 2020. You have your own plan for 2020. You have your own idea for 2020. But God has a plan for you in 2020. He says, before you were formed, he already knew you. He already ordained you a prophet unto the nations. It means he already has an assignment for you. He already has something you are coming to do on earth. For every, God operates in times and seasons. So for every time, for every season, there's an assignment for you. For every time, for every season, there's something you are called to do. But how do you ensure all the time that what you are doing is fitting into God's greater plan? Any question somewhere? Praise the Lord. Can we appreciate Sister Lydie? Um, Praise God. Um, okay, so the Bible talks about um, committing your plans to God. It says, commit your plans to God. Um, I will put God first in whatever you want to do. And he's the one who will make your plans prosper or is one who established that thing that you have planned out. Now the Bible also talks about um, that who knows the mind of God only the spirit of God and then we have received the mind of Christ and so I think that when you dwell when you stay with God, when you walk with God, to get to a point where what is in the mind of God that the Holy Spirit knows the Holy Spirit will reveal to you and somehow you will tap into the mind of Christ and somehow you can tap into what God wants to do part-time. 
But even in that, even after you 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 have um, what will I call it now? You have if you perceive that this is what God will have you do at this time. There is still a place to commit that thing that you think you want to do to God's hand, and then it's God that will not direct you. And that is the way you can whatever you have planned out can fit into God's plan. I personally feel that whatever comes to my mind as, as an idea of what I want to do didn't just come. Because we have the Holy Spirit living in us, sometimes the Holy Spirit will whisper that thing to your heart. And when you begin to table that thing to, um, to God's hands, you, you would have a confirmation that, okay, this thing that is on my mind, God put it in my mind. You have a confirmation from the Holy Spirit, and then you say commit it to God, and he's the one that will, make your, that will make your plan prosper. Praise the Lord. Can we appreciate Sister Lady there? We're talking about how to ensure that our own plans and our own goals fit into God's own plans and goals. We're talking about being led by the will of God. And I, and I started by saying that, you know, God already has a plan and a greater plan for all of us. You know, the Bible says before we were formed, you already knew us. You already ordained us. You already released us onto earth. There is a reason why you were born in Nigeria. There's a reason why you were not born in the United States of America. There's a reason why you were not born in Saudi Arabia. You know, sometimes people get upset and we're pointing fingers at God. And, you know, we're angry at God. And, you know, how come I wasn't born in the UK or born somewhere else? But no, there's also a reason why you were not born in Somalia. Some nations have been at war for ages and ages and ages all through their existence. You know, but everywhere God plants you, there's a reason and there's a purpose. So whatever plans we make as individuals, we must ensure that our own plans fit into God's bigger plan. So we're talking about being led by God's will. Now, we're going to go further this evening. Now, God's will, there are certain ways we can know God's will. First of all, God's will is his word, his written word. Last Wednesday, when Mr. Toby was here leading us, we were talking about how we can be led by God's word and God's will and God's word. And Pastor Tiffany did the same thing on Sunday. So, God's will, one of the ways we would know what the will of God is, is through his word. There is no way... Um, you, you, you would see something that is clearly stated in God's word, clearly explained in God's word, and then you would begin to doubt what the mind of God is on that matter. Amen? There's some things that God has already clearly defined for you. So you know that concerning these matters, this is what God thinks. You know, we are so blessed that as Christians that live in this time and era. We, are, we have the advantage of looking through the Old Testament, and then we have the New Testament to to, to also for us now but the truth is if you look through the old testament that reveals the character of god and how god dealt with man how god dealt with people god's relationship his heart his intentions and how he related with humans you know so we who are now of the new covenant the idea of the existence of that old covenant is so that we can see how god related with people all through time that helps us in our own decision making that helps us in our own planning that helps us to understand who this our god is Amen? So when we are making our own plans, making our own goals, we are essentially being programmed by the things that have already happened, by the word of God. God's will as revealed in his word. Praise the Lord. His word already exists. His word has already been spoken and it has defined certain criteria as to how we are going to live our lives. Amen? Amen. So we are being led by God's word as his will. That's one of the ways we'll be led. That we understand that God who has called us, who has released us into this nation at this time and in this season has a purpose for us. Now, when God brought man and the, the man into the Garden of Eden, he now showed him the tree and said, do not eat of this. So God also gave us a free will. 
and at every point in time, we have the option or the opportunity to either do God's will or our will. Amen? Now, every time we do our will, doesn't necessarily mean it is committing sin. It just means you didn't do what God wanted you to do on that particular issue, but it didn't mean like maybe you sinned, like maybe you committed adultery or did something, one of those kind of things. But you can actually have your own thoughts, your own goals, and your own plans, and you are going to a new year like this 2020, and you know, the church has said, you know, God is going to lead us this year, God is going to be our guide and our shield, and you know, and you are thinking, no, 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 this year, no, you get away with me, I won't run this year. You already have your own plan. You've seen how January is going to go, and you are thinking January is going to go in this certain way, and you've plotted some things that will come into place. You know, pastor said something, was it on Sunday or last Wednesday, he said, when we make plans, and God, and, 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 and sin is involved in the process, then God is not in it. So if there's any plan that we make and sin is involved in the process, God is not in it. But is it possible, can I ask the question, that, that we, we have our own plans, they're not necessarily according to God's will and they are not a sin? Is it possible? Is it possible that God wants our year to go in a certain way we have our own individual plans and want our own year to go in this certain way and we choose our own way and not God's way but yet we're not living in sin. Is it possible? Okay, let me ask another question. If a man is born and all through his life, all he does is he goes to the Orioke, to the mountains and all he's just doing is just praying and fasting and just praying for the world, praying for the nations of the earth and just blessing everybody and releasing anointing on all of you and just declaring that it will be well with you. Nothing will ever go wrong in your life. And that's all he does all his life. He's all his life. And he's just praying and just praying and just, really, and just, you know, just praying for the whole world and feeding on maybe just locust and honey. And the only thing he's doing is just remaining on the mountain and just being a prayer warrior. Would he have missed his destiny? Would he have sinned? Would he have gone against God's will? Should I say it again? That a man is born, and from the day he's born, all he does is, is taken to a mountain top and a ryoke, and he spends the rest of his life there. And his whole life is centered around praying for all of you, praying for the nations, praying for everything to be done on earth for, for good things to happen. And he does not come down from that mountain. He does not come to interact with other people. He just stays up there and he's just praying and fasting and releasing goodness into your life with his words and all of that. Would that man have done something wrong? Would he have missed God's will? Could he possibly? Why? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, um, God is a God of process and stages. That was why the, the, the knowledge of God we have is such a God that is so big that he can do things that he can even create the entire heaven and heart in a day. But God chose to start from the book of Genesis that he started by creating at, in stages. So when God created the light and he saw that it was good. So I, I want to share a little story that I heard from my mom. Probably I can't verify but he made a lot of point to me. I think an evangelist left either Germany or Europe came to Africa. He was doing well in his home country. I came to Africa because he had a leading that he must go to Africa on an evangelical mission. And he got there, he started a ministry. 
And after about 10 years, he had only maybe 40 members. For a long time, he's righteous, he's doing the same. Son of God, he's child of God, he's doing everything. So after a while, out of curiosity, he went back to God. That God, you actually asked me to move to this, to African country for a purpose. But for 10 years, it seems that, um, that if it is just for 40 members that you asked me to move, then there's a problem. And God asked, God told him, yes, you came here. But you see, this, the, the first thing you heard from me was what you were working with. When you got to Africa, maybe after a year, did you ask me again that God, I'm here, I've set up a church, what do I do next? So for 40 years, he was just on his own, living on the old, the information God shared with him. And I said, okay, God, I'm sorry. Now, what do you want me to do? God now said, okay, go to other ministry within that city and organize a, a crusade. He now went, but it was a small church. There were bigger churches, African-owned churches in the city. So it became very obvious that he could not do it on his own. He knew he would fail if he moves on to organize. He don't have money, 40 members. He quickly remembered that every time we had problems, rather than sharing with friends and seeking one counselor or another, we can always go back to God and ask God, what's the direction? He went back to God and said, okay, now you are now a good son. I knew you can't do it on your own. Now, go to other ministry and go and form uh, a, a, a partnership to set up a big crusade. And that's exactly what he did. And the first crusade was attended by one, more than a million um, people. And that's how he started this thing. And he spread af across Africa. What I'm saying is that when, we are, when it's possible for a man to be on that mountain, he knew he, he, we all love God. Some people demonstrate love of God by different means. But is it actually being led? Has he asked God that what my purpose now for him? I think that his purpose is that you know self-righteousness. As I'm good, I feed the poor, I'm praying, everything, I've seen vision for people on the mountain, that's all. But it might be wrong. He he actually didn't follow the plans and purpose of God for his of for his life. So it's possible for to be righteous, to be there, like the man I'm talking about, who was righteous for more than 15 years, and he was not moving. To his destiny. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Anybody else? So we're talking about being led by God's will. Another hand there. Okay, another hand there. Praise God. Hallelujah. I... Hallelujah. I believe we need to work in God's will for our life. The plan of God for our life. You can be doing the right thing, but to God, it's wrong. You are doing the wrong thing. So, it's good to pray. It's good to fast. I've heard of instances where people die in Kenya, for instance. A man died. He, he said his purpose for fasting was he wanted to... Uh, I'll do what Jesus did. So he went on a 40 days fast in the wilderness and he died. So he was doing the right thing. He was doing the right thing, but with the wrong motive. So you can be doing the right thing with the wrong motive. You can fast all I can. You can fast 90 days, 100 days. 
you can fast three years and if he's not in god then you're wasting your time so we need to look for the will of god first then any other thing we do must be with the will of god and praise the lord can we appreciate him you know bottom line tonight is we need to accurately discern god's will for our lives you know there's a general will of god that applies to everybody but there are specific specifics when it comes to every individual praise the lord there are specifics when it comes to every individual there's a reason why you went through all you've been through there is a, there's a reason why you were born in the city you were born into there's a reason why you were born to the parents you were born to there's a reason why you went through the schools you went through because nobody else has been through that experience all of that experience comes together for a purpose now when god leads us it is to a destination and it's for a purpose God is not just a Fulani headsman that just wanders across the whole of Nigeria, entering every farm and just leading their, their, their heads into the whole farms and just, you know, just, just, just consuming any grass anywhere and there's no real destination, no real direction. When God leads you, he's taking you somewhere. Tell your neighbor, God is taking me somewhere. God is taking you somewhere. When God leads us, he's taking us somewhere and it's for a purpose. There is something greater. Our own assignment here is to, to try to discern what God is trying to do. Try to understand what the purpose is. Try to understand what God's calling is. Try to understand what the assignment for us is. That's what we keep doing. And that's why we walk with God. That's why we walk with God. And we walk with him to try and understand what he's, what he's called us to do. And what he wants us to do per time and season. Praise the Lord. So we need to understand that God has a general will that we all understand from his word and then there are specific wills that are only revealed based on your own individual assignments and your own individual relationship with him how does god reveal these things one of the ways god reveals is through dreams and visions it's in the bible you know um I, I, i'm into real estate development and all through december into january we've been looking for a new project to do and we've been searching and visiting several pieces of lands and just looking around and so towards the end of december we actually now found one we're trying to narrow down on and we had a couple of meetings and you know we just kept on talking to the owners and the lawyers and talking and trying to see what we could do there and sometime on the 2nd of january i went to bed and i had the dream and right in the middle of the night i, I woke up at the dream and i saw a huge piece of concrete like it's like concrete like from that end all the way to that end and as tall as me and it was like dry concrete cement on one whole portion of the land you know and I, 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 I saw myself in the dream looking at this concrete and saying ah this is a major obstruction but we can take it down you know so and I woke up immediately so for me that was God speaking to me God was already showing me I was I was having discussions with the owners of this property but God was showing me in my own sleep that look there's something major on this land there's an obstruction you're not seeing yet and I could see that it was a major obstruction but I could also see that I could take it down so when God speaks to us and leads us and reveals his will to us concerning specifics, he can speak to us through dreams. Through dreams. Is there anybody who has an experience of a dream and you can say you, you, you are so certain that God was speaking to you and God was trying to maybe preempt something or God was trying to stop you from making a wrong decision? You know? So God speaks to his people. You know? So apart from his general will, there are specifics and God will keep speaking to people, talking to you and directing you. Yes, he has given you a free will to make your decisions, but he will not leave you without information. The Bible says in the multitude of counsel, well, there's safety. 
you know so there will be information that will come your way to make you safe there will be information that will come your way maybe through dreams maybe god might just even send a friend that will just come and come to your apartment casually and begin to say some things and if you pay attention god speaks to us in the little things every day god leads us every day in the little things god directs us every day with little things you know so yes we have the word of god which is the bible that you know directs us and instructs us but there are also specifics that we'll need to key into and that can only come by fellowshipping with God, by having that continuous relationship, as Pastor Tiva taught us on Sunday, with God. So that as we go along in life, as we move along in life, we hear God in the little areas. The things that have not been explicitly mentioned in the Bible. You know, there's some things that are not, you know, have you, have you, have you had some arguments with some people and they'll tell you, well, it's not in the Bible. The Bible will not tell you some kind of things to wear, but there's wisdom. There's a way you discern and know what to do and what not to do. You know God's will by your relationship with him. You know God's will by the, the way because of your fellowship you have with him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So this year, 2020, as we are being led, you know, let us understand that we have a free will. We have the, 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 the rights and the option and the opportunity to do the things we want to do with our life. You know, but because we are called of God, because we are children of the Most High, there's some things we cannot do. Pastor Stephia was saying on Sunday that you want the Holy Spirit to fellowship with you day by day, but there's some places the Holy Spirit cannot go to. So if you want to be hearing God every second, and you want to be hearing the Holy Spirit every minute, you cannot take him to a nightclub now. As you get to the door, he will turn back and leave you there. There's some places that the Holy Spirit is not going to go to with you. You know, so we, we, we need to understand that as we navigate this new year, if we want this year to indeed be different from 2019, if you want to get to the end of December 2020 and look back at the year and see that this year you did something much different to the last year, then we must take a different step, different direction. You must do things differently. If we're going to allow the Lord lead us, then let us let him lead us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, you have a question somewhere? Okay. Um, praise God. You were saying something about um, that you have your will and then there is God's will and that you can choose not to do God's will that you want to go and do your own. And doesn't to contribute. And you also, that thing you said about um, the guy that was on the mountain and just refused to come down. He didn't say if, if it was that God told him to come down, just refused to come down and was just praying and was being spiritual. And I'm just going to say that um, many times the reason why we choose to do our own thing, my own will, this is what I have in mind, is because you think that your life is about you alone. You think that it's my life, I can do whatever I want with it, and after I do whatever, whatever I want, and I make a mistake, I'll go and say sorry to God, you forgive me, and we'll move on. But the truth is that when God, when, when God establishes a, a purpose for you, it's not just for your life alone. Your life is not just about you alone. So, um, God, God anointed David as king. And David had to go through all the things that he went through. Um, Saul was chasing him, and then um, at a point, his, his, um, his son rebelled, and then he had to live in a cave. David could have said, God, this plan that you have for me, this king thing, I don't want. My life was fine where I was. And he and decided to go back. But the, um, in Second Samuel, the Bible describes some, some guys. He called them the misfits. He called them the people that were rejected, people that were dissatisfied with their lives. 
And the Bible says that when David was in that cave of Adullam, those guys came to meet David and they submitted to David. And the last chapter of, of 2 Samuel, these people became David's mighty men. So you see, when you refuse to do God's plan for you, when you refuse to do what God has told you to do, you're going to affect a lot of, a lot, a lot of other people. Some people are affected by the choices we make every day. So your life is not really about you. So the next time you are, you God tells you to do something and you say, I'm not going to do it because it's my life. It's not your life. Lives are attached to your lives. And to your own life, rather. Lives are attached to your life. So you can't just choose in this thing, except you... If you call yourself a child of God and you want to do God's way, like, I, like we're saying last week, that in this year God, God has decided to lead us, and God and, and God is saying He wants to lead us. You cannot do one leg in one leg. You can't say that God will lead me in January, and then when I get to February, I'll do it by myself. You are going to follow God all through because lives are attached to your own life. If if David never made it, those guys would never have made it. They will have remained the misfit. They will have made and they will have died the way they were. So you can't just choose your own will. You have to do God's will. You have to pray to God to let to enable you to do God's will. And the truth is that God's will sometimes doesn't look like it's interesting. Doesn't look fantastic sometimes. But you have to trust him all the way that that god even if you will lead me by your counsel and lead me to my glorious destiny because we we should have the confidence that the plans that he have towards that he has towards us are good plans that even though it might look like this thing doesn't look good god god has you he got he has your he has you covered and it's, it's going to turn out well at the end of the day praise god hallelujah hallelujah can you appreciate this idea for that so our, 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 our lives will not affect just us our lives affect more than us. Indeed, God himself says, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. That alone shows you that anything that comes to you that happens good for you, is not just for you, it's for other people. God is about generations, generational blessings and even generational causes. You know, so we should understand clearly that whatever we do and as we navigate our lives, we are affecting other people. Praise the Lord. Can I ask a question this evening? So at what point do our decisions take precedence over God's will? Should there be any point like that? Should there be any point maybe when there's something that's important to you and you think, ah, you know, I mean, this one, it's my own thing now. It's more important to me than whatever God is saying. So, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, maybe before then, I wanted to ask a question. Okay, for the year that is starting 2020, how do I say to myself, this year 2020, God says, this is my will for you. Is it possible to hear God say, oh, this is my will for you? Because we are pursuing different things in our lives. We have marriage will to ask God for. We have career will to ask God for. We have the children's will, which school they will enter to ask God for. Even your parents, you also need God's will to know which one to or what to do. So, bottom line then, because I've, I've come to understand really, because when we read scriptures, it's easy for us to say, oh, this was God's will for John the Baptist. This was God's will for Paul. This was God's will for these and that reason why because we have read all the story so for us now we've not even read half or a quarter of our story so this knowing God's will can be very very wide and big but let me just throw a little more like second Corinthians chapter 2 verse sorry first Corinthians rather chapter 2 verse 11 first Corinthians 2 11 because usually this is how 
I always like to walk along with it. It says, For what man knows the things of man, except who? The spirit of man which is in him. So if I want to go to Victoria Island, all I need to ask myself, the spirit of man, where is the road to Victoria Island? The spirit of man in me knows all the way to Victoria Island, whether I follow Akmogwa, whether I follow Third Milan Bridge, because I know it. That spirit of man will ask me, where is the way? He will show him. He then says, even so, how do you know the things of God? These things we call God's will. How do we know it? He says, except who? Except that person called the Holy Spirit of God. He is the only one that knows God's will for us. So if we sit here and say, what is God's will? If we do not have that Holy Spirit, we can't even know that God's will in the first place. So if we are saying, this year concerning my career, what is God's will? We can only ask him, but he has the Holy Spirit who is going to show us that will. In the next verse, it says, verse 12, he then says, now we have not received the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit of God that we may know the things that are freely given to us. He finally said in verse 13, which things also we speak not in the words of man, which the wisdom of man teacheth, but that which the Holy Spirit teaches. So in that God's will, it's the same Holy Spirit that will teach us that God's will. And from the moment I understood the reason why God was giving the children of Israel manna per day, then I got to understand that he's not the God that will show us the big picture and tell us to run with it. If God said this year you're going to be that millionaire, that's just the big picture. It's that same God that says, for Jesus Christ has become the manna of our own days. Why was he giving the manna back in those days? He explicitly told us that he gave them the manna per day. So that for each day they finish eating the manna, the second day, that yesterday's manna cannot sustain you for today. So he was giving them per day so that they keep coming back to him for how to be led. So he's saying, Jesus is the manna for today. The Holy Spirit is the manna for this day. So he is giving you that Holy Spirit and the leading of yesterday will not sustain us for today. The leading of today may not sustain you for next tomorrow. And so that is why he requires for each day, God, what is my will? You are going to build 10-story building. How you will get there requires daily work with him. Even Jesus Christ at some point, he got to the point where he knew God's will. And in the place of prayer, he still says, if it is possible, there are two cups here. There's one cup that is difficult to drink. There's another cup that is sweet to drink. Lord, I don't want to drink this one that is difficult or bitter but it is not my will but thy will praise the lord hallelujah can we appreciate pastor Xavier? thank you for for concluding the message pastor Xavier. thank you for concluding the message already you've already ended it where we wanted to end it praise the lord but it's been an awesome time in god's presence have you been blessed tonight so anybody is anyone going to answer this question that says is there any point in time and that's where jesus got to where our will can become more important than God's will on a certain issue. Is it possible? Is it possible where your will, what you would like to do on a certain issue, it's more important or maybe not important, um, takes precedence over what God would like to do. You know, Jesus said, he said, Lord, if this cup will pass me by, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will. But if you read from scriptures, we know that there is the perfect will of God. We know that there is the permissive will of God. Some things God will allow you to do. Not because it's his perfect will, 
but because he also knows that he has given you the power of choice. You know, so there's the perfect will of God and there's the permissive will. So is there anything in our lives, is there at any point in time where you think our individual decisions will take precedence over what God wants to do? Do you know, we're talking earlier and we're saying that, okay, fine, God's will is revealed in his word, right? And we're, say, we're saying he already has that will revealed in the word. The word of God is his will. And we say there's also part of his will that we can get maybe through dreams and visions and through other, maybe through prophecies through our pastors and people can speak into our lives, you know? But you would come to the point where there would be decisions that you want to make. And sorry, I, I just lost my train, of, my, 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 my train of thoughts, you know? But what I'm, what, what I'm driving at is that God can take you to a point where you have the choice and the option of making a decision. You have the option. The Bible, we know clearly, God says, let every man have his own wife. But you know that God will never really pick a wife for you. You would have to get to the point where you would choose either means A, B, C, or D. A, true or false? So, you want to help me tonight, I need help here. <laughs> Just to answer your question, I think the answer is not no. So instead of using will, I'll use desire. Sometimes we have a desire for something. And so the, the urge for the desire to come true sometimes will make you walk or want to walk away from the will of God. And so you're blindsided by desire. And that's when the options come in. Or the desire, you're seeing it in front and God is not telling you to move. But you're seeing it, it's just close to you. You just want to pick it cross that bridge and move on to the next thing so yes there's always that possibility where your desire or your will there's just a strong will against that of god but like as jesus said you have to come to an understanding where you realize that okay god i want this but not my will or not my desire but yours but do, but do we have the urge or the need to sometimes want to go away from god's will because our desires want something yes but through our daily relationship with God in the small things when the big things come that it seems like a temptation or seems right to us but it's not God's will we we'll always remember to take a little second to ask God your will on your will instead of my will praise the Lord praise the Lord so let us know and let us um, be conscious of the fact that as we go ahead this year we will need the Holy Spirit day by day. Because apart from God's word that has been revealed, there, there, there's, there's the part where we need God every day. As Pastor Tivia said, we need that manna, daily manna. You need it every day. You need an instruction every day. You need direction every day. Because your journey is unique. Your journey is different from your neighbor's journey. So every day, you need God. Every day, you need the Holy Spirit. Can we rise to our feet this evening? Okay, one more question. Okay, just one more question. One more question here, Pastor Tiffany. Praise the Lord. Not a question, I just want to add to what she said. Um, I think, I can't remember whether she was one that gave that example. We we're talking in our self-fellowship. Uh, one of the things we said was, sometimes even when God is leading us, even when he's quiet, doesn't mean he's not speaking. So God may be quiet, but doesn't mean he's not saying anything. He did it for Jesus on the cross. When Jesus was praying on the cross, he said, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? But he did not say anything. And I really like the example somebody gave in the self-fellowship on that day. He said, if, you are, if you've ever used 
this Google map very well. And then the Google map tells you, this is the way you are going to go. So he would, sometimes he tells you, go 500 meters. So between when he will, he tells you to go 500 meters to when you are going to make the next turn, he's not going to say anything. So, but he has told you what to do. So he's waiting for you to get to that 500 meters. But sometimes before you get to that 500 meters, that's where our wheel may now come. Before that 500 meters, you are seeing that there is red or traffic ahead. But maybe on your right, that road looks very free. And so you are asking God, God, should I take this one? Should I take this one? And he's not saying anything. Then you are seeing the red and it's really red. And he says, go 500 meters, I'll talk to you 500 meters later. But on the right, it's, it's green. In fact, you are looking at it in your spirit, man, and even the Holy Spirit, the other Holy Spirit is telling you, is green. And so that's where the will comes. You now start doubting. These 500 meters, are you sure it is God I even heard the first time? Or is it my spirit that was telling me? So then we are tempted to go the right way or take the next step. And really, this thing we call our own will. It usually look like, it may sometimes look better than what God's will seems to be like. So it looks nice. Calculatively, it should work. Calculatively, even if you follow it, it will work. But is it God's will? No. You may follow it and get to the point you say, God, I told you that you are the one speaking with me. To me, this is the right will. But the fact that it's showing red doesn't mean it's, it's red all through. And the fact that it's green this way doesn't also mean it's green all through. So if God says 500 meters, we'll wait until we get there and then we'll wait for him to speak. In that moment of silence, then our desires may override what God has spoken. So we need to be very careful that we're not taking the wrong step, thinking we are taking the right step. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Can we just rise to our feet and pray for a minute that Lord... Lord, as we navigate the year 2020, Lord, let us not miss your purpose. Let us not miss your will. Let us not miss your counsel for our lives. And that, Lord, in the situations and places where we have to make decisions that we're not setting off, Lord, oh God, let our decisions, let our options and our choices, let them fall into your own greater plan. Let them fall within your own greater purpose for the year. Let them fall within your own greater move of the year in the name of Jesus that we will not put our foot wrong we will not miss destiny we will not miss purpose we will not make wrong decisions that we will hear your voice when you speak that when you tell us this is a way to go we will hear you clearly in the name of Jesus His voice the voice of a stranger we will not hear in the name of Jesus you know but the Lord, voice of the Lord the voice of the Lord shall be our rear guard this year in the name of Jesus we shall be led by God's own spirit. We hear his spirit clearly. The Bible says that my sheep know my voice. Let us know your voice this year, Lord. Help us to know your voice this year, Lord. Let us not follow the voice of a stranger, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Let our actions, oh God, be according to your will. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you've been blessed tonight, why don't you put your hands together for God and appreciate God. Hallelujah. Please, if you have your tithe and offering, uh, your tithe and first fruits, please bring it forward quickly. If you have your tithe or your first fruit here tonight, just come forward.
Okay. I don't know whether anyone here tonight with the title of First Fruit. So the rest of us, let's just put our offering together and let us bless the Lord with our offering as we bring the service to a close. So let's rise to our feet and the choir, which choral will lead us. First, the Lord. Hallelujah. Everybody say the glory must be to the Lord in the highest. 